0: from the Reisman Recording Room, it is day two of Detroit Lions-Jacksonville Jaguars joint practice recap show. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer of Pride of Detroit, riding solo today to give you all the observations I had today from Thursday's practice between the Lions and the Jaguars focused mainly almost exclusively on the defense today until the offense and the defense came together late in practice i'll give you everything i saw uh from practice on a on a cool windy day uh, which is going to come into uh my observations a little bit here in a minute but let's start as always with the injury report <clears throat> um uh, a lot of the same news here mo ibrahim is still out uh Dental Mims, Maurice Alexander, still out. As for J-Mo and St. Brown, you've likely already read it already, but J-Mo doesn't look so good with his hamstring, you know, is is what it looks like the injury is. Um, Dan Campbell basically said uh, it sounds like he is going to miss the rest of the preseason, uh, which is obviously uh, pretty bad news there. Um, these next couple weeks, we'd heard Dan Campbell say they they are so important to what Jameson needs to develop to get ready, so that by the time that suspension is over in week six, that he's ready to get going. Um, and now it sounds like he's going to spend the next two or three weeks before the season opener rehabbing, um, and maybe even beyond that. The the tricky part though is, when that suspension hits, he's not even allowed to get medical treatment. Uh, From the team. So, those first three weeks where he has to stay away from the facility, uh, the Lions are trying to figure out what to do him if he still needs medical treatment. The good news is, after three weeks, he's allowed back in the building. He's allowed to essentially do everything but play. In the games uh, for the next three weeks until week seven, then he can obviously come out and play. But uh, disappointing news there um, with with Jamo. The good news is that St. Brown avoided a major injury. Sounds like he's going to go back and get ready to start next week. Uh, get ready for the Panthers game, um, which means he only missed today's practice, which wasn't even a padded practice. Uh, felt like it was going at about seventy-five to eighty percent speed uh, most of the practice. So. Not going to miss anything significant there. Lions dodge a bullet there, so that's good. Um, Denzel Mims, on the other hand, doesn't sound great for, um, not, that he, not that the injury is lingering, but he was at, Dan Campbell's asked about Mims, and here's what he said in full. Quote, he's in there, he's in the room, and then asked kind of, is he close to returning? We'll see. We'll see. I wish I could give you more. Um, did not sound great for a guy that you know the Lions traded for. They they were hopeful that he might be enter that competition for like the wide receiver five position. Um, he's running out of time here, and that's a it's a disappointing development for him because he did show some promise early in camp, and um, I think there was hope that you know given the athletic tools that he had that he might have a legitimate chance at making this team. Um, sounds like maybe he's going to have a full week. Maybe if, if if things are lucky, he might have a week to. Uh, to, to make his case, but, you know, he, the Lions also said, you know, they, they're they probably looking for some bodies there at the wide receiver room just because they need some, and... Who knows, it could come at Mims' expense. Won't cost the Lions anything if they cut him. If he doesn't make the 53, literally the trade is basically for naught. So um, I guess that's the positive sign. Um, Frank Ragnow also did not practice today. Um, We saw him walking off the field. Did not seem like a serious injury there. I think just kind of giving you some veteran rest and with no pads on. I don't think it's a, a major loss for a day. Worth noting that... It was Graham back at center today, which meant Vitae was your starting right guard pretty much for the entire practice. Interesting enough, uh, they kept Colby Sorzdal at left guard with the twos, even though the right guard position was kind of their open form again. Seems like the lines are really transitioning to kind of give him more reps there. I asked Sorosdell about it, you know, is this kind of like let's put more on your plate because you've not necessarily mastered the right guard position, but more comfortable there. And he said, yeah, that sounds like a, an accurate depiction of, of what's happening. So the lines are just trying to make sure he can he can be on both sides therefore he can be a primary backup if need be during the season so Probably a good sign that that the man is is getting more on his plate as a rookie because I think there is an expectation that he's going to be either like the reserve one or the reserve two, uh, kind of depending on where Graham and, and Vitai uh, land there. So good news there. Essentially, Romeo Quara also missing from uh, today's practice. No word on that. I don't. I didn't see him after practice or during practice. So don't know what's going on there. Something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, given that he had so much playing time last preseason game. We'll see if he's out there on Saturday. Um, The Lions did say that they're not planning on playing starters uh, for that game. All right, let's get to some observations. Um, Back and forth day, I would say, defensively, uh, a good start to the day for sure uh, as the Lions and Jaguars opened up, uh, excuse the flipping of pages here, um, with some 7-on-7s. Red zone addition started around the 20-yard line, really, Trevor Lawrence was only able to get in the end zone one out of four tries in the in that first set of red zone. Um, the problem is I feel like Cam Sutton has had a rough go of it. Um, this day it was Zay Jones who beat him on touchdowns. Uh, you know, the Jaguars were I'm sorry, two of eight in the red zone. Four from about the 20. Four from about inside the 10. And the touchdown each time was to Zay Jones with uh, Cam Sutton in coverage. So including a couple times on, on Wednesday I saw him, you know, got, get beat maybe a little bit more by Calvin Ridley on, on Wednesday. Um, I would say it was a rough couple days for for Cam Sutton, and um, that's something to kind of keep an eye on. I think that this coaching staff still has, still has a ton of confidence in it. I think you also have to take note that the Jaguars have a really good set of receivers, and so this is a good test. This is a good learning experience. This is a good barometer. It's not going to be this hard every single week for the Lions when you get into the regular season, but this is also a conference that has a guy like Justin Jefferson. So um, you need to get that work in against really good players, and they did. I would say Cam Sutton has a lot of learning tape uh, from this week, if I want to spin it in a positive direction. Um, but the outside corners is, is, I think, a topic that maybe we need to talk about a little bit more, because... Um, it is kind of a little thin, with, with Emmanuel Moseley looking like he might start the season on the pup. It's down to Sutton, and it's down to Jerry Jacobs, who got tagged with a, 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 a kind of blatant pass interference uh, later in practice. So, with those two as your your main two, and I don't know, who's your three? Is it—is it—, is it, um, is it I, I mean, I think I think it might be honestly Will Harris. I think they might feel most comfortable. Although Will Harris has kind of moved inside um, during this week practices to be the nickel two, um, but if it's not him, are you are you comfortable throwing a Starling Thomas out there to start? Is is he good enough? Is he ready enough there? Stephen Gilmore has been the other guy that's repping as with the second team outside corner. So just kind of a a minor issue, um, potentially bigger issue I would say with the Lions defense that really has shown that they have, you know. Big improvements on the front seven. Really like their their safety duo right now in C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Kirby Joseph. But those outside corners, that could be kind of the weak point. Um, and it's it's an important one, right? Outside receivers are, are kind of how offenses win in today's football. So um, lines are going to have to find a way to either minimize the effect of those guys or help them out a little bit, or those guys are just going to have to improve. Um, that said, um, I would say the lines rebounded. I mean, I wouldn't even say they had to rebound. They were still pretty good during those drills. Um, 31 with a with pass breakup on uh, Kelvin Ridley. Um, I would say, I, I again, this was another practice that I would think was defensively at least defined by C.J. Gardner-Johnson who had an interception. Granted, it was an easy one. Uh, it was a it was an irresponsible throw from Trevor Lawrence into double coverage with Calvin Ridley. Uh, basically bracketed both by C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Cameron Sutton. Either one of those guys could have picked it off honestly. And uh, part of the reason I think he lofted that in was because Aiden Hutchinson and Isaiah Bugs were in on the pressure. Um, so that was a good that that may be, might be the answer to what I was just talking about. If you can get pressure, it's going to make those guys on the outside's job a lot easier. And the Lions did create some pressure today. Um, we're, we'll get to that in a little bit as well. Um, with second teams, uh, second and third teams, like I said, it was Will Harris rolling as the nickel, um, which meant that they they continued to roll with the same outside corners, Starling Thomas and Stephen Gilmore. Um, I would say with the second team, maybe my biggest observation Was Josh Paschal, who continues to have a very underrated, very under talked about. I would like he's the new John Kaminsky. We need to talk more about Josh Paschal because very disruptive day for him. I had him with a run stop, two sacks on the day. Um, He's a guy that's just quietly doing his business, quietly getting better every practice, and a guy who you know he might not be there with the starters, but when the lines kind of go in their rotation in the regular season. Um, that second-team defensive line, I think he is going to make some noise and and make things disruptive. So, guy to keep on for sure. Uh, Moving all along here in practice. Excuse the flipping of the pages again here. Um, I will say, okay, so like I said, I wasn't watching the offense um, all of practice. I was on the opposite side so I could get a, a larger focus. On practice, but I will say one play was very much easily in my sight, and that was a guy who we haven't really talked about a lot. A guy who might have to step up in the first half of the season here, uh, Josh Reynolds, a seventy-yard bomb where no one was even near him. He had just absolutely torched the Jacksonville secondary, and that's the first big, big, big play I've seen the Lions kind of connect on in the in the last couple weeks. So good to see that the deep ball is is there, even though um you know it's, it's kind of few and far between here. I think the the lines kind of rather. Utilize the the, the shortened intermediate section of the field. They'll take their shots every now and then, and uh, good to see them connect on one. Uh, but the, going back to the defense, some some eleven on 11s here. Um, <clears throat> really, I, I thought the the Jaguars, and again, not a padded practice here, so not full contact, no live tackling. Offensive. Uh, we were talking to Graham Glasgow after the, the 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 practice, and he was saying like, when you don't have pads on, there is so much room. For the defensive line and, you know, the offensive line, too, to grab onto. He basically said your jersey is like a garbage bag out there. And so it's hard to take out too many observations from the run game, but I would say I don't think I saw the Jaguars have really a successful run on the entire day. I don't think anything looked like it would have gained four or five more anything more than four or five yards, and so that's that was something that I consistently saw better. Even going back to yesterday, it looks like this Lions run defense is improving, is trending in the right direction. The Giants gave them a little bit of trouble. Trouble Jaguars um, not as much. Um, maybe the best play of the day for the Lions defense came at the hands again of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who came basically across almost the entire field uh, to break up a deep shot to 17, who, let me check my notes, is Evan Ingram. Um, Unfortunately, it would have been negated because they threw a flag on Jerry Jacobs, who kind of does what he does a lot, which is get very handsy with the receiver, but you could see the jersey tug there. Um, Maybe it was... Maybe the lines get lucky in that situation, and it's a defensive hold or an illegal contact. But uh, it was a deep shot, and you just – again, it's it's one of those things where it's like the lines back end really, really good, and you're hoping they can maybe compensate for some of the the worries on, on the outside there because C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Kirby Joseph have just been fantastic all camp, and they continue to be fantastic. Um, all right. Towards the end of practice, um, like they have in with the Giants, everyone got together on, on – one field, and I'll, I'll kind of give you my observations from those set of drills. And then we did a little bit of situational stuff at the end, which was really interesting, and I'll talk some of that um, as well. Um, Lions offense um, did not get going right away. A dump off to Jameer Gibbs, too low, dropped, pass breaking up at the line of scrimmage, but then a little play action roll found. Um, Sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, found Sam Laporta uh, for about six or seven yards of first down. It was kind of like a, a third and short situation. Um, and then Marvin Jones got in on the action. Another kind of third and short situation. Uh, curl up the middle for 15 yards. Nice play there. Offensive side, or sorry, defensive side of the ball. Again, not much going for, for the Jags first. This is the second team offense, excuse me. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez blew up kind of a screen. Um then he stopped um, 85. They're new. The uh, the rookie tight end, um, Brenton Strange, uh, who, if any Jaguars fans are listening, I came away very impressed with Brenton Strange. He had the play of the day, I would say, um, with a, a contested catch over Brian Branch, who was in perfect position, just couldn't get his hands into there. I called it a mossing. Some people take offense to the term mossing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that one hits social media because it was a really good play. And, uh, you know, if Jaguars fans are listening, like I said, that's a guy to, to maybe get a little excited about. Um, but after that, I had a run stop from Josh Pascal again. Um, someone came in and, and caused a late hit. I, I hear it was Jack Campbell kind of threw the uh, the I think it was running back to the ground there. Uh, caused a bit of a scuffle. People were all kind of rushed in. <laughs> Aiden kind of jokingly jumped on the pile and, and I say threw a punch, but he threw a punch to air, and he was nowhere close where any Jaguars defender. He was just kind of being silly. I thought it was funny. Um, Yeah, and that was about it until we got to some situational work, which I thought was fascinating uh, and mostly good news for the Lions. Um, So the situation, um, 118 left in the half in the game, whatever, on your own 35-yard line, one timeout. Jaguars' first team offense was first to go immediate three and out uh we start with naden hutchinson sack which keeps the clock running keeps it moving uh they check down to i should have my notes out a little bit better to parker washington for about a i don't know six seven yard gain then he uh then they target christian kirk throws behind him three and out real quick um they end up moving the jaguars up just to kick a field goal is about a 50 yarder they made it doesn't matter Essentially, a a loss for the Jaguars offense, win for the Lions defense. Lions offense comes up next. They run a long, sprawling drive um, with pass a lot of I think three completions here to Sam Laporta, um, a a couple passes to David Montgomery, um, who I I really only saw him working with ones. I didn't see a ton of Jameer Gibbs when he was on my side of the field, Um, but eventually the drive does stall with a sack. Uh, The Lions have to spike it with four seconds left. And then uh, Riley Patterson makes a kick, I would say, from about 45 to 50 yards. Hard for me to tell from where I was. But that was a successful drive. Um, Obviously, you probably want to get six on it, but it was a legitimate drive. They make the field goal at the end. Um, Pretty decent drive, uh, all things considered, for the Lions offense. Jaguars' second-team offense took over after that. Kind of like the Lions' first-team offense, kind of a long, sprawling drive. The one thing I would say about the Lions... Um, defense in this situation though is they worked the perimeters very well, kept Jaguars receivers inbound so a lot of this was rolling clock um, there was really never a danger of the second team offense scoring a touchdown they were, they were very very far away everything was kept in front of the Lions defense which is kind of what you want to do in these situations um <clears throat> They do eventually line up to, to kick a field goal. It was a 54-yarder, 50 was wide right. So, again, a fail from the Jaguars' offense, win for the Lions' defense there. Um, Second-team offense comes over, not nearly as successful as a first-team offense for the Lions. Um, it, it initially starts off with a, an illegal formation, I think. Um, Dylan Drummond was not set at the snap. They they worked themselves out of that hole a little bit, get a first down. Um, but then there was a sack from... The, uh, the Jaguars. Let me pull a number here for you Jaguars fans that are listening. Uh, Tyler Lacey gets a, a sack there. Forces the lines back. They're unsuccessful. They end up moving the ball up anyways to give them a field goal opportunity and um, Parker Romo tried one from 55 yards on a very windy day. Um, and so it looked like it was going in, and then the wind pulled it wide, right? So, uh, unsuccessful for the Lions, second-team offense. So, really only the successful drive came at the hands of the Lions' first-team offense, which is obviously a good thing considering they were missing some personnel out there as well. So, overall, I would say it was a very balanced day. Um, my main kind of players who, who stuck out, again, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I thought had a really good game. It was a mixed bag for for a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez, who it seems like every practice he makes a play or two and then every practice he maybe gets beat uh, a play or two. My biggest concerns right now for the Lions' defense is kind of those perimeter plays on the outside, the perimeter corners, also kind of that that deep middle of the field. um, Maybe not deep, but like that area right over the linebacker, between the linebackers and the safeties. It seems sometimes, especially when the Lions are in zone, that is a vulnerable position for them. Maybe the one complaint that, that I do have about the, the Lions linebackers, they look decent in coverage in man, which is which is saying something, right? That's, that's one of the harder things for a linebacker to do. But when it comes to zone coverage, I think they're still not necessarily hitting their keys consistently there. But overall, again, defensive line still looks good pretty darn good. Still looks like it could compensate for for some of maybe the deficiencies there on the back end. Still look disruptive and better in the run game. And, uh, and those safeties, man, they're, they're, they're the real deal. I think this is potentially a, a, a top five duo safety in the league. So I came away very pleased from these past two practices for them. But That's going to do it with the joint practices, and if I'm not mistaken, this might do it for the daily training camp podcast. I'm not entirely sure whether we'll have access to full practices next week in the lead up to the Carolina Panthers preseason finale, but I believe that's it for fans at practice and uh, certainly it for the joint practices so if you've been listening to these you've been enjoying these please make sure to give us a review over on apple Podcasts. give us a rating on spotify i love doing these i uh, love hearing all you guys uh you know feedback and everyone who, who said hi to either me or erica at training camp um i can't tell you how much that means to us it's, it's very nice to to hear and see put some faces to to all the people that are have supported us throughout the year so um yeah we'll we'll end things there thanks again for listening we'll be back doing regular podcasts um with the whole crew and pretty soon here we're gonna start doing first bites again and getting ready for uh season open against the chiefs so to everyone who's listening thank you so much we'll see you guys in a couple days